Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All I'm asking for is that we do the study, do the research that's needed. We're not talking about putting it in. We're not talking about keeping it out forever. The jury is still out on this. All right, that is uh, City Councilor Dan Collier-Cart, who brought forward this motion that has passed at City Hall that will now see a study carried out led by the O'Brien Institute for Public Health at the University of Calgary. Findings must be presented by July to study the impact of taking fluoridation out of the drinking water in the city of Calgary, to look at jurisdictions where tooth tooth decay has been decreasing and to see what factor fluoridation has been, to also conduct a cost-benefit analysis of water fluoridation versus other kinds of more direct dental interventions, and to also more specifically compare practices in Edmonton and Calgary. This all seems pretty reasonable, to take a look at the impact of the decision, take a look at the evidence. Perhaps more study of the evidence and the potential impact could have been on the table back in 2011 when the decision was made to take fluoride out of the water. But at least there's a willingness at City Hall to acknowledge that maybe that was the wrong decision. So this could be the first step towards returning to water fluoridation well joining us uh, for some reaction to what happened at city hall yesterday where this song goes from here is someone who has been uh, advocating for a return to fluoridation juliet uh, president of calgarians for kids health also an assistant professor of law and ethics at the university of calgary uh julia thank you so much for joining us here welcome to the program thank you all right so your thoughts on uh, what this decision means potentially whether you think it's a step in the right direction I think it's a wonderful step in the right direction. The um, City Council was open to the idea of receiving information from the O'Brien Institute of Public Health. And City Councillors, I was present uh, as a member of the public mm-hmm. uh, listening, and City Councillors asked um, detailed questions about what types of uh, investigation the Institute of Public Health would engage in. And that those questions revealed that there's a wide... Uh, range of concerns by city councillors and they range from concern about about the science to whether uh the the purchase of the equipment and the uh, the uh, the product that would be put in the water would benefit um children seniors and the rest of us so i i think that city councillors were were really doing what um voters would hope they would do which is to to ask tough questions and um the director of the Institute of Public Health undertook to answer those questions and, right. and others that they would send in writing. Well, what are the questions worth exploring? here? I mean, does this need to look at just kind of an overview of, of the science on the safety of fluoridation or, or is at least that side of it pretty well established at this point? Well, I think that question can be answered in two ways. First of all, 
the decision makers about this issue are city councillors. And any questions that they have about the science um, must be addressed. So to the extent that they are um, uncertain about the consensus of, of scientists about the safety and efficacy of fluoridation, those that, that concern must be respectfully addressed. Mm-hmm. Now, with respect to the consensus, um, that there is a consensus uh, in, in, among this, in the scientific community that fluoridation is safe and effective. And had that not been the case, we would not have been advocating for fluoridation's reinstatement. But there's a distinction between this, this, the scientific issues and the political issues. And I do think that city councillors are addressing the political issues uh, now appropriately by asking the Institute of Public Health to to answer their questions. Yeah, and I think it's it's pretty reasonable then to look at what the evidence tells us about the effectiveness to compare Edmonton and Calgary, look at other cities, or look at jurisdictions where we see tooth decay rates on the decrease and, and to try to identify what's most effective in getting us to that point, right? Because that's the ultimate objective here, isn't it? It is, but city councillors are... Um, they are, I think it's fair to say, bombarded sure. with claims about fluoridation that those claims are made by residents. And for them to be able to stand up in, fres- in front of residents and say, I voted this way because, they need, they need to have answers. And, and they are told things such as fluoridation works only topically. And by that, um, I think the argument is it only works if it's toothpaste or if it's put uh, you know, against your teeth in the dental office, that it doesn't work if you ingest it. Um, now, now, that claim is not true, but it, it, it is made sincerely to city councillors, and they don't know what the answer is, and so so they're turning to the experts, and I, I think that's wonderful. Well, yes, because, uh, as you say, city council, they're, they're not experts necessarily, but they're the ones who need to make the decision ultimately. Right, and, and therefore they're they're well uh, advised, and they, they have... Uh, said we we want to hear from the experts on these issues. Now, in terms of cost-benefit analysis, because, you know, the concern at the time wasn't so much that, you know, city council suddenly became anti-fluoridation, but uh, the concern about the cost of replacing the the equipment. there, there is a cost in, in putting fluoride in the water. There's obviously a cost involved in, in other kinds of uh, programs to address uh, dental care. So how do we approach that question in your view? Well, there are many, many studies of cost-benefit analysis um, of fluoridation, and they always demonstrate that um, for every dollar invested in fluoridation, many, many dollars are saved in, just in dental costs. Uh, the cost of care, and that doesn't include pain and suffering and misery um, from avoided dental decay. So, uh, I, I mean, you know, it's up to the Institute of Public Health to provide that data to City Council, but I think I think I know what it will say because I've I've read the studies. Mm-hmm. What about the question of another referendum or another plebiscite? What, what do you think about that idea? I, I, I frankly don't think it's necessary. Calgarians have voted twice for fluoridation, um, you know, sort of, uh, I've heard of polls being, being taken that, that suggests that the majority is still in favor. So if city council um, decides that it, that it can find its way to voting in favor, then I think it has a mandate 
it, it has a mandate. It has has two plebiscites behind it, and I think city councillors can can withstand um, criticism from the vocal minority uh, by saying, uh, "Look, we heard you. We investigated your concerns." And uh, we have two plebiscites behind us, and we can now um, accept that we should reinstate fluoridation. How much evidence do we have about what's happened in Calgary since the removal of fluoridation in terms of, of the negative impact? Well, we have, uh, we have one study, and the study looked at decay rates in 2004-2005 school year among grade 2 children. And they choose grade 2 because that's when the permanent teeth are coming in and the baby teeth are falling out, and so it's a good year to study. Um, and then they compared those rates with uh, decay rates, and these are surfaces, tooth surfaces, uh, how many surfaces of the teeth are decayed. They compared the 2004-2005 data with 2013-14. And they found that there was um, a greater increase in the level of decayed two surfaces in Calgary than in Edmonton. So this, so some people say, well, dental decay is rising in both cities and um, fluoridation is, uh, is not the issue. Sugar is the issue. Well, they're, they're right. Sugar is an issue. Mm-hmm. If people didn't have sugar close to the teeth for as long as they do at the moment, then the decay rate would decline. Um, but fluoridation is a preventive measure, and the Australian uh, systematic review conducted by the National Health and Medical Research Council said that uh, fluoridation reduces dental decay up to 44%. So even, I mean, if you know, prevention requires a number of measures, which includes dietary control, visits to the dentist, um, proper flossing and brushing, and fluoridation. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see what this study comes up with, what city council chooses to do with it. Uh, in the meantime, people can read more uh, from Calgarians for Kids Health. The website is fluoridation.care, C-A-R-E. Julia, thank you so much for joining us here today. really appreciate this. You're very welcome. Thank you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.